everyone, although it seems like it's still daytime because <laughs> I'm looking at the sun. I'm Pam, your host for tonight, and this is Take Two Radio Soaps and Review. Joining me tonight is David and Anthony. The two women's are missing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reserve all comments on the fly-by-night women's. <laughs> Yeah, well, the women's had good excuses, so we have to let them go with that. So, absolutely. If they if they were just out partying and having fun, that'd be a different problem. So, <laughs> I'm actually really bummed that Carolyn's not here. Did you guys see all the postings about Marcy Miller? Yeah. Um, that she quit and that hopefully uh, Kate Manzi's coming back. Yes, I saw that. I um I confirmed that today. It is true. It is not a rumor. She is leaving, and they are in talks with Kate Manzi. That makes me happy. Not not so much that she's leaving, but I mean that Kate Manzi, you know, is going to reprise her role, hopefully, because I love her. I wonder if it would have been any different if she had actually won the um the uh, Emmy. I don't know why that would make a difference, really. I mean, it'd be awful, awfully, um, you know, pig nose to leave right after, uh, right after um, receiving an Emmy. Well, yeah, yeah, it would. yeah, definitely, yeah. So, but what are you going to do one... when they want to move on? They want to move on. So, you know, there's nothing we can do about it, and in. You know, just hopefully for hope for the best that we get a good recast, and when it, it comes back to the recast being the original one, then that's even better. In the beginning, I had a hard time accepting her. Kate Manzi was just such a powerhouse, but I really grew yep. to like her in the character. Um, I do have one other really really nice piece of soap opera news. And what's it that? It seems that General Hospital. And Jeannie Francis, everyone knows who is Laura Spencer. Um, Laura Spencer, now Kevin Collins. Laura Spencer Collins, um, they have reached a deal. I don't know the details of the deal yet and when she starts taping, but she will be back on campus for sure this summer. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Everybody loves her. At least everybody I know. There's always one in the bunch, but I think the majority of the people love her. Yeah. And I saw, um, I did not get to read the full article, although I'm not sure if there is a full article, but I did see that um, Haley Pulios from General Hospital, Molly from General Hospital, Christelle Khalil, Lily from YNR, and Lauren Coslow, Kate from Days, will appear in an upcoming film called No Good Deed, and it says the film follows a spot owner who opens her home to a young woman who's had a rough go of it, unaware that she's just invited a sociopath into her life. So that sounds good. Oh. Is Is Haley starring, or is she a supporting character? Do you know? I I don't know. That's the – all I saw was a little blurb – from Soap Opera Digest, and I just saw that a little while ago, so I'm not 
positive on that. So we'll see. We'll know more. You know, I'll give more information when I find it out, or when you find it out, or whoever finds it out. But just for our listeners, um, we'll be chatting with actor-writer Kevin Spiritus uh, from Days of Our Lives, Winterthorn, and Michael Slade, who wrote for Another World, One Life to Live, Days of Our Lives, Passions, and so much more about both of them that we'll find out about. Although we did find out quite a bit about Kevin on our last show. Um, but they'll be talking about their new Amazon series called After Forever, which debuted on April 24th. And I hope you have all watched it because, oh, my God. And with that, I think we have Kevin on the phone. Kevin. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> happy, how are you? Happy Thursday. Hi, gang. How are you? I'm happy good. Thursday. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, hello. happy Thursday. You know what? Um, it's very funny that you say happy Thursday because – Michael will, um, for all those of you who um, are listening out there, I think Michael had some issues with the bridge and tunnel crowd today, so he's on his way. He's on his way. Um, but uh, <laughs> we have a line in After Forever. It's Happy Thursday. So I always, now it's my new thing. Happy Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll hope uh, Michael makes it. And if he doesn't, He'll you know, we it. understand oh. when it comes to traffic. It's just, ugh. You know, especially going through a tunnel. I heard that's like one of the worst things. <clears throat> I think last time we were we were talking about the snow and the heat and Atlanta. So it, it'll all be fine. Yeah. How are you all doing? Did you enjoy the show, Pam? Did you enjoy uh, After Forever? Well, you, you reviewed oh it, so yes. <laughs> yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> You had me in tears within the first few minutes and, you know, pretty much all the way through. And whether they were happy or sad tears, you know, yeah, it made an impact big time. Uh, well, that's very nice to hear. Um, I I think what Michael and I were really hoping was is that um, we could talk about the two different <clears throat> stories that were going on in our lives and, and different, you know, he had a story when I met him and I had a story at the same time. And we just sort of like combined these efforts of, of um, telling the story and it, after forever was born. And um, I, I have to tell you, uh, we had a screening of this very fast and furious short form series, which is eight episodes. Uh, <clears throat> they're all about approximately 10 or 11 minutes, and we did it at the um, oh, Pacific Theater in Atlanta, Georgia, where Mitchell lives. Um, Mitchell Anderson is my leading man, and he, um, he had a fundraiser put together, and it was still, it's hard for me to watch. It's hard, and I was there. We, I wrote it with Michael. Michael and I, you know, came up over, you know, we debated over lines and which, which scene to put where, and I still know everything that's going to happen, and I'm grabbed or gripped by it every time, every time. Uh, that's good. So. That's a good thing. I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Well, David and Anthony both watched it, so why don't you go ahead and give yeah. him your opinions? Hi, Kevin. Um, I'm Anthony. Go ahead. Bring, um, go bring ahead. on, guys. Go ahead, Hi, Anthony. Anthony. How are you? I am a Staten Island, New York guy. Um, I've been watching soap since I'm three years old. And I'm also gay. 
And I just have to say, A, same thing as Pam. You had me in tears within six minutes, um, which is I've been watching soap for 30 years. So if you can get six, six minutes in, if you can get tears out of me, that's, that's something. Um, but I also, I also want to say, you know, I've been very critical of gay relationships on television, especially in soap operas. Um, I call it the Mitchell, um, the Mitchell effect from, uh, you know, the uh, Modern Family series. They can't mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. two normal men together. You know, he should be a lumberjack. He should be a construction worker. He should be something mm-hmm. to, to move the, to move the, you know, move us forward and get us out of that stereotypical stage we're in. Um, yeah. At least in, in, you know, on screen. And I, and I have to say, it, it, it's, so, it's so a non-issue in, in After Forever that it's a beautiful issue, yeah. so to speak. There's nothing campy. Thank there's you. nothing over the top about it. And it just warms my heart. I had tears, and I was so proud in the same, in, in the same <laughs> 11 minutes. Um, and every episode, well, there was nothing camp. There was nothing thrown at us for gay appeal, for gay effect. And I love that. Well, love no, that, love I, thank that. You, I, I thank I, you enough. I, I, thank you, thank you. Um, but we we had there there's some colors I have to say some of the supporting characters had colors of um you know uh, a joke or two that might be geared toward you know a higher effect of laughter. But I I think Michael he's Michael's writing is so it's so dead on it's so perfect it's so clear and it's it's um it's got a rhythm to it and if you can just sort of drop into that. Whatever you are, you could be uh, tall, short, gay, straight, girl, boy. Any, you just start to take those words and you put them over it, and put them, let them wash over you, and you are occurring. And that's, I think, that's what we really wanted to have. I know I did. I wanted to just walk onto the set and continue talking, and not have to make, you know, a twirl of my mustache or, uh, you know, uh, um, you know uh, uh, I didn't want to do any of that. And, um, that that part was really created. The whole show was created that way. And um, gay people are normal too. So it's uh, it's uh, kind of a beautiful thing that you uh, are acknowledging. Thank you. I'm glad that you felt that. I have one other. I have one other comment. I'm astonished. This is my mm-hmm. first short form series, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> the brilliance at how the story came through in such a short wet in such a short time frame. The writing is so so spectacular and you and Mitchell were phenomenal 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 oh, a complete story everybody everybody that I spoke to about uh, about it was like oh but can they really tell a story and I, and I was like yes yes go watch it you'll be crying you'll be <laughs> laughing you'll be so happy go right. watch it exactly it's, it's, that's very nice to hear exactly thank you and David what yeah, is I, your opinion I was just going to say also <clears throat> also just real quickly my opinion you do have, oh, go ahead, I was Kevin. just going to say real quickly before, is when you have a half hour show or when you have an hour show, you don't get those full 60 or 30 minutes. You get commercials. So, right. you know, just, you know, detract that out, you know, subtract that out and you've got less minutes than usual. And then you've got your short form, which is even shorter than those minutes. And now you've got nothing wasted. And again, we, I mean, there's things that we, we just, we kept cutting things out. We wrote very heavily at first, and then it was like, you know what, we, we can just, I think we can trust the medium, and um, that's what you ended up getting. It, you do have full stories, and you are being told um, a beginning, middle, and end <clears throat> most of the time, 
in all of these little episodes. So, and then they all have an overall umbrella, which, umbrella, which is very exciting. The casting, Michael. Is I know you're listening. I know you're listening somewhere in the tunnel, and I'm doing okay, right? I'm saying all the right <laughs> things, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Hopefully. Dave. What was your um? Well, I, I wanted to say first of all, I I'm a if you talk to Pam, you know that I'm a big crybaby, and yeah, <laughs> and I would I uh, I was choking up, I was choking up on the very first episode, and my cat came over and comforted me. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what's your cat's oh, name? She, because I had a cat like Emmy? that. Emmy? Yeah. I had a cat. She's like very that, intuitive. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. So, but basically, I just wanted to say, you, you took the gay out of the gay love story and just made it a love story, which story. just yep. is universal uh, for just about everybody to pick up. And um, uh, I don't think it could ever be very... any more beautiful than it was. Right. Thank you so I much. I agree with both I of guess. you. It's really beautiful. Wow, thanks. Well, I guess it's going to have to just be, that's, that's the end right there. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, that's really wonderful. Well, um, while we're waiting for Michael to call in, um, I, I notice something after every episode, and and maybe it's just me, but I always read mm-hmm. Who the producers were and the makeup and, you know, who does the song and all that kind of thing, you know. I noticed a lot of spiritas in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, my family is very supportive of my uh, craft and they've been very supportive of my career. And uh, this is something that who, – who said it earlier, you know, uh, you don't know short, short form Episode. Who said, I don't know which. Anthony. With David, did you say it? Uh, oh, Anthony said it. Anthony. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so Anthony said that. I, uh, Michael and I really just sort of like, hey, let's put on a show, you know. And we, we, we first wrote and created and told story and debated, you know, conflicts and debated, you know, where it would land and how it would be fit in. And, but we did it without any boundaries we did it with, with just no formula except to tell story and you know we had an idea that we would maybe move it over here and then go this way with the story and then trim it or expand upon it but it was really we just gave ourselves no boundaries we gave ourselves no sponsors so we wouldn't have to ha- you know we didn't have a, a Procter and Gamble going you can't have this much time and you can't talk about this it was really just to create Story that was moving and touching and, and, and gripping. And, and then that, uh, once you have everything aligned in place and you have all your T's crossed and your I's dotted, you got to go out and raise money. And um, uh, the, the old, um, I guess the trick about raising money is, is that people are not investing in your show. They're investing in your vision of the show. They're investing in what you create for them. And um, um, my younger brother, Eric, was the first one to show up and said, hey, I believe in this project. So I love him for that. 
and um, you know. Yeah, well, what what surprised me about it, it was that I didn't realize that your family members were, you know, involved in any type of entertainment. Of course, that's not well, something they're, they're you know not. we don't they're, get into personal lives. So yeah, I mean they're they're involved in entertainment because they're my parents or they're my siblings, but they're mm-hmm. not. Um, they're not people who go out on a weekly basis and go, okay, I've got to option that story and do this. The people who you see hold together is a is a compilation, so to speak, of, of people who I know. A enjoy great stories. They want it. They want to be part of the business. They want to support the people in the business. And um, you know, that's that's who our producers are. And people mm-hmm. said, you know, why don't you just get a, a why don't you do um, a GoFundMe or, uh, you know, whatever. It, uh, um, that's a whole game to me that I don't understand. I just, I just know that if I can go out and personally sit down across from someone and say, so this is a story that I've been looking at. And Michael's been looking at a story from over here. So we put this together and then, boom, this is what happened. And then they're kind of getting drawn into it, I think. That's how it happens for me um, when I'm being pitched a story or – I mean, when Michael has an idea sitting across the, you know, the, the room and we're talking, we're thinking, and he'll come up with an idea. I'll see the eyebrows raised, and I'll go, what, what, what? And I'll see it yeah. right there across his face. So you, that's how people get excited about coming in as producers. That's how they come in as, as um, uh, creative uh, consultants or um, even publicity. So, um, it really does but, come across yeah. as a passion project. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I mean, Without being too heavy-handed, I mean, um, uh, Michael's the one who would tell you that um, he lost his partner five years ago from the same diagnosis that we're dealing with in the show, um, and um, it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful homage to a lot of people who are not here. Absolutely. Yeah, I I have to say I felt all of your pain when Jason was dying, and it reminded mm-hmm. me of my mom. I know many, if not all viewers, you know, will be able to relate to this. So how hard was it for you to get through those scenes? I mean, Mitchell was outstanding and very <laughs> believable. Uh, well, yeah, he's he's just quite something. Um, uh, Mitchell and I have a history of, of friendship and um camaraderie an acting class or in our group of friends out here in Los Angeles. And I guess about 15 years ago, I mean, we spoke about this last time we were on the show, but when Mitchell left the business to go to Atlanta and um, he, his husband set up shop there and uh, Mitchell opened a restaurant and he's very successful and he's very much a, a, a creative when it comes to the menu and the way that the store feels and looks and, um, but I was just able to be with Mitchell and just kind of, I don't know, I had the history of 30 years uh, just swelling around us. So I just had to tap into that. But I think back to, back to the, the, the theme is people may very well relate to this immediately because they have had loss. But there is going to be a moment in everyone's life where loss is going to move in the front seat and go, this is what's happening, and this is how it happened, and this is what you're not dealing with. And there's no stopping that. 
that you just can't yeah. avoid it. So the universal theme of this is we all have loss. But when we have loss, is it really is someone over? I mean, when someone's dead, is the relationship over? No, I don't think so. When someone's passed away, I I still talk to these people as if they're here. I do too. I still too. talk to my grandparents. I do too. I talk yeah. to my I talk to my agent all the time. My um, I had an agent who was a very early casualty in the AIDS epidemic, and I'm telling you, if he would have seen what what we've pulled off. I'm sure he would be doing cartwheels. I could, I, he yeah. could not, I'm sure he couldn't even imagine what the business looks like now. So I'm, I'm grateful that um, whoever was pulling strings up above uh, had um, cross paths, had me cross paths with Michael and Michael saying, hello, um, Kevin, right? And I, I had never met him and I just knew him from his name on the script and we just started talking and we both thought, Wow, here's an opportunity. So we went and created something. Well, to get onto something that there's two things that I thought were very funny, and one was how does a dead person eat a salad? (laughs) (laughs) Very carefully. I thought that was so funny. I mean, I love that he was around, you know, during this whole time that you were going through, you know, his passing and whatever. But when he picked up that salad and started eating, I was like, what? (laughs) There is something very – I think it's a very interesting thing that you you point out. Um, And for those of of you who have not yet seen this um, story being told, um, when Brian loses Jason – and it's told through flashbacks, and uh, there's different. There's also different scenes that are being um, revealed that are not flashbacks, and you're trying. You, you'll start to see how we pattern that. But the scenes where it's Jason uh, with Brian, and Brian is talking to him. I think it's it's more of his subconscious. It's more of his. He's working it out as if mm-hmm. yeah. you know his partner's there, and so. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead and eat. You know, I mean, that would be what it be. It would be like, right? You know what? I'm gonna take care of this phone call. You, you go eat. I mean, that's sort of what it is. Even when he's sitting on the counter, it's like, you know, um, coffee's ready. Breakfast. You know, it's the things that mm-hmm. he would say to him. It's the things that make him feel better. It's the things that I think, for my point, um, to go into that work is to is to see how what would have made me comfortable in that particular situation and being able to walk through that house, walk through the streets and walk through the places where Jason had once been with Brian. So it has to be, you know, so if he's eating salad, he's eating salad. Yeah. (laughs) It's all in in Jason's mind. It's all in Brian's mind anyway. Well, I have to say the other part that I burst out laughing because I knew that it, it just couldn't be was when you thought that guy at the table was David. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. that's just something <laughs> that you picture in real life, you know, going happening. You you see somebody just sitting there by themselves and you think, oh, my God, is that oh. my date? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just it, my it, luck, it, 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 wasn't, yeah, it was it wasn't. We weren't trying to make it a, you know, a big joke, but it was 
It was every, funny. I don't care if it was a I, woman I'm not, I'm not. or a you know a short guy, a tall guy. It didn't matter. It just was funny the way it, it was played off. It is. It's, it, it's just. Oh boy, I think I should have said drinks. Okay, here. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it, it, it's a fun. And, uh, it's a fun ride. I think it's a fun ride. That's that's what I can most. Honestly, say I think Michael would say it too. It's a fun ride, and it's um, it's an important ride to take. And um, exactly, um, I think I think um, your two co-hosts today uh, would maybe agree that maybe it's the first time that um, you're not sitting in the audience watching a heterosexual thematic piece, going, "How do I fit myself into there? How do I fit myself into that story?" Because I've had stuff like that happen, but how do? And I think for the first time, it's the opposite you know there's people going how do I fit myself that happened to me but you know oh it's two men that you know so the the questions are being raised and um, I think that's what's important absolutely Anthony you want to comment on that Uh, absolutely you know film has done a great job in in the last 10 years of, of really moving forward there's always been the gay films which you know are great but you know Mainstream film has come a lot, a lot far, further in the last 10 years. But mm-hmm. on television and even on some of the web series, not really. There's always that element where I kind of cringe. And it's like, that's not me. Um, that's not anyone I know. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have, I didn't have a single moment um, watching after forever of cringing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really lovely. That's lovely. Yay. David, did you find any parts particularly funny that you, that I didn't mention? Um, or funny, heartwarming well, I, I, or I something? Have to, um, one thing that caught me off guard was the very, one of the very first scenes, because I didn't, uh, and it was with it was with uh, Brian and Jason in bed. Mm. Oh and yeah. I didn't know oh. at the time that he had died until right, right. until you got me choked up saying, "Why did you have to die on me?" <laughs> mm. And, yeah. and I think yeah, from then that's on, that's where it know, got me. Yep. Mhm. Yep. I thought he was there with you. Yeah, and that's we, how believable I know. Well, thank you. Um, and you know, Jennifer Pepperman took this script, our director, and she, uh, you know, she's worked in soaps for so long, and she knew them like the back of her hand. And she took all that knowledge and she focused it clearly. Every shot was aligned or lined up and folding into the next one. If you go back and watch it as many times as I've seen it, uh, just in, yeah. even in editing, I go, oh, right, that does work out so well right there. They did that. So there's a moment where Riley is riding the bike in episode two, and he's he's lifting his hands off the handlebars. Look, 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 Brian, no hands, no hands. And there's a moment where Jason is taking off his shirt and his arms go up, and it, it goes right into that cut. And it's really, I think the show is quite seamless. And I think what we tend to move, well, we tend to forget 
or we tend to be unconscious about it, is that our lives are really seamless. We're just we're the ones stepping out of out of sync and, and tripping a bit. But you know, running into Michael is seamless. Um, uh, talking about stories that we had in our in our heads, seamless. Getting this dream cast together was seamless. And I know it sounds unfathomable, but we have had Knockwood a blessed um, experience with this. this. I mean, this has just been from the set, from the step go, step forward, boom. Oh. I have to agree I, with I that. <laughs> I don't think you could have did it any better than what you did. Seriously. Um, yeah, I'm very. Ha- I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to take on the, uh, the the answers for what Michael and I would be volleying back and forth here because I know how he feels on some of this stuff. But um, we're we're both really proud of it, and and I keep telling him I, I keep looking at the screen, I'll, or I'll be with friends and we'll watch an episode, or and I'll go. I watched the show, and I'm I'm not only proud of what what was done to bring this forward, but I'm I'm proud because it's representative of the kind of stuff that I always look to do. Like if I'm out in a movie theater and I see, you know, look, Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman, that's my kind of movie. I love it. I've worked with Hugh Jackman. I love him. He's great. I would look at the screen and go, I want to do a show just like, you know, and then here I am sitting in in the theater watching After Forever and I'm feeling the same thing and I go, oh, wait, that is my show. Not mine, but it's our show. It's something we've done. It's it's something that we've put forward, and that is what really is um, to me uh, the graduation from just being on stage or being the actor. And um, I had something to say, and and Michael had something to say, and I'm so grateful that they dovetailed because <laughs> it's after forever now on Amazon Prime. And go yeah. to it. And then when you see it, when you see it, folks, please give it a great review, and um, and we'll hopefully, fingers crossed, try and bring you a season two, or three, or four, or five. Well, or you nine. definitely <laughs> got a lot, a lot, a lot of rave reviews on Amazon. I looked at those, I know. <laughs> and you just really did it. I mean, that should show you, again, not by just us saying it, but by all the other people that have watched it, everybody loves it. Yeah, yay, yay. Um, I, I'm, I am now um, able to relax a little bit because we, we're not in the filming process and we're not running from set to set. But I was, I was at a convention, uh, a, a photo, no, an autograph signing session convention last two weeks ago uh, in Persephone. New Jersey. Got to go there. And um, it was just a lot of fun with a lot of people we haven't seen in a long time and a lot of celebrities. And I would be getting ready to sign my autograph on my Friday the 13th poster. And uh, Mm -hmm. someone would reach over and say, I saw it forever last night. And thank you. And it's now in the world. It's out there. It's it's someone's, someone is commenting on something that is now out of our hands. So, and we had just, I think we'd just been launched for two days at that point. So that was exciting. That's exciting. And they do, if you read those reviews, they are all unique, yet they're all very similar they're and very beautiful and they're touching. 
Um, yeah. Well, I have, yeah. I'm reading one right now that I want to mention because I don't think this person. Is it my mom? Person, <laughs> if your mom's name is James, then no. <laughs> um, uh, this person, it doesn't seem like from what they're saying here that they knew about this ahead of time. Um, he wrote a very emotionally engaging and laugh out loud new series. I clicked on this one while just browsing and couldn't <laughs> stop watching. It's funny, warm, and very touching in all the ways a good show needs to be. I was entertained by these characters, but more than that, I was brought into their world and made to feel a part of their lives. I felt I knew these characters, people in midlife coping with losing a life partner and the journey forward into the great unknown. Powerful stuff with profesh. Yeah, profesh writing. I guess it means professional. professional. Directing and acting all the way. Kudos to to all involved. The series deserves mm. a big run. Yay, thanks James. <laughs> thanks whoever James is. Um so that one yeah, stood out I'm, to me because like I said, he wasn't told ahead of time. He was just clicking through and decided to pop on it. I love that. Yeah. It's great. It's 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 very rewarding. I'm 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 just I had a big smile on my face. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm sure Michael would too. Um, although I know he's probably yeah, Michael, get the, out of um, that tunnel. The, 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 I'm sure he's probably. <laughs> I can't believe. Um, gosh. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's what's going on. We're 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 happy to have people coming to the show and see it and excitedly. Uh, Spread the news, spread the good news that it's something that everyone should see. And um, thank you for having me on again, my gosh. Well, you're very welcome. We're very pleased to have you back with us and be able to discuss Mm. in detail about the actual series. You know, it's so hard (laughs) when you came on the first time without giving anything away, so... (laughs) It, it, it It was a little bit of a challenge, but we just... We knew once the show is out there you can't really do anything about it you're going to hear things no matter what so the right. one or two surprises that you you do have available to you in this story and in this way it's told it was worth um i think holding on to that so absolutely yeah i'm i'm trying to michael and i keep thinking about you know, what where do we where do we go with the next season? How do we intertwine a couple of other ideas we've been having? So it's really, uh, it's very exciting. That was, that was, I think, one of my favorite parts, by the way, of, of the collaboration was well, sitting you with know, him. Since, and, Can- and, since Candace hmm? couldn't make it, I'll go ahead and just ask her questions while we're waiting oh, for Michael. Okay. <laughs> um, is she, she phrased this to both of you, this first question, but... I'm sure you can answer it. She wrote, Michael and Kevin, the show will answer a tough question that many people have yet to answer themselves after certain situations, but what do you guys think? Can you find can you find a newfound happiness in your life again? You mean the characters or Michael or Kevin? I think she's talking about real life. So... Read it again. Read that question one more time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Michael and Kevin, the show will answer a tough question that many people have yet to answer themselves after certain situations. 
But what do you okay, guys so she's think? she's talking around it. Right, right. Great. Okay. Yeah, because like I, the I think, show that you're finally moving, yeah. that uh, Jason is finally moving on, and I guess she's saying, can you find Brian, a newfound Brian's happiness in your life yeah. again? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, um, Brian, I, I, I th- honestly, Brian, again, I, I go back to, to Brian. that. I know, I know. Um, I honestly <laughs> believe that when someone dies, that is not when the end. That's not. That's not the end. When someone is is gone, the love never dies. The the communication does not end. You are still in communication and in a relationship. I believe with that person, mm-hmm. whether they are here in the physical or not. So, um, we wove together the. Um, we wove together the uh, how can I say this? We wove together the story that would allow Brian to begin to work through and to navigate through more and more of his, uh, you know, his healing, uh, and that you had to give him something to move toward. I don't know if I don't know if the end of season one is actually going to be where he lands right away, or if he finds there's resistance to that. Um, particular situation, so I can't, um, I, I can't imagine uh, a life just stopping. I, I don't know. Um, Can I? I Brian? haven't had that. I, yeah, I, I just haven't had that person die in my life yet. So I, I've, I've had people who have died, and they've been, you know, grandparents or they've been teachers. But um, to have the love of my life die, I, I'm sure there's a different swell of emotions that you have to constantly work through over and over again. Yeah, right. And I want to speak to Candace's question for a second because you you cry. You have permission to cry, but you sort of need that permission to laugh again. You need that permission right. to, to feel good about something again. And the show did it subtly, but very powerfully. Yeah. Thank you. you, I, you know, yeah. And Michael has said beautiful. too. And Michael has said in, in another interview, which I'm going to offer up here. Um, there are certain things in certain scenes that Michael was not able to say to his um, his partner at that time. So he gets to kind of creatively put that out there. And I, that was such a – it wasn't a surprise, but it was so um, beautifully um, revealed to me because I didn't even know that was what he was, you know, doing at that time for that particular scene here or whatever he was – referring to and I just thought that was really beautiful so you do have to you do have permission to cry and if someone wants to cry every day they are allowed to cry every day um, but hopefully you can move towards some more laughter and some more joy and be grateful that that person was in your life or is in our lives for some amount of time I think yeah. excuse me well I think it, it mm-hmm. helps with, you know, how you showed it in your series to have the support of not only your family but also your friends. Mm. And that whole support group made a (laughs) world of difference in your life, in Brian's life. So speaking of that, I know David had a question about the family friend thing. Yeah. So, David, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and ask that? I said, both Brian and Jason 
were shown in the most positive light with supportive mm-hmm. friends and family, success, successful careers, etc. What, if anything, does Brian need to um, improve upon? Oh, well. <laughs> I say this is a joke. It will not mean anything now, so I'm not going to even try it. This is certain <laughs> character traits that I I make I make a joke out of. But um uh anyway, I I think there's probably a great deal of of things that happen in the life that they have together. I mean, again, you're looking at the overall brush strokes of a couple who um they had love that lasted for their love was supposed to last forever. They had everything. They had friends, they had family, they had great apartment, they had, you know, they had money. Blah 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 blah. It was supposed to last forever until one day it didn't. And that's, that's the wake-up call. That's the, oh, my God. And um, there's things that happen in a relationship that, I mean, there's even something that happens, and I won't tell all of it here because I don't want to spoil that particular scene. Is um, Brian accuses Jason of being selfish at one point after the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah. it's that I the first time I really jumped into that, it was like, I heard people go, Ooh, hiss, boo. You know, yeah. and, um, but it, it's a, re, it's a reaction. It's a reaction. Mm-hmm. It's very honest. And it's very, um, it, and it is selfish on a certain level, but it's because we don't know what that means to let that be what it is. I think that's how I look at it. And, and they still, they come to the same place. Yeah. You know, it's so really. Yeah, it's that, pretty real. That it's, moment I, was I, so real. I did lose someone, and you have that moment where, you know, you want to blame them for leaving you. Um, so I could yeah. see if I had that experience also blaming them for staying, um, especially if it was that type of relationship. That was such yeah. a real moment. Well, let me interrupt you guys for a quick moment because we mm-hmm. have Tunnel Guy with us right now. <laughs> oh, yay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Can you hear me? I've been listening for a little bit. but <laughs> Oh, good. Good, good, good. I hope I answered all your, all your answers right. <laughs> I didn't hear that much. I'm sorry. I oh, had okay. zero. I literally had no power left on my phone. I apologize. Uh, don't you have a charger in your car? I do, but I left it <laughs> sitting on my kitchen table. So I, I, that was the problem. I thought I had it with me. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was, We've I all was done dealing that. with the frustration <laughs> of, of, anyway. <laughs> nice to yeah, be here. We've all done that, so don't even worry about it. We're happy you're here. Um. Mm. Um, Michael, yeah, Kevin speaking. Um, uh, I know you should ask. I recognize your. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. Um, I'm going to ask David to um, to uh, tell you what he had told me at the very beginning about his his opinion about the feeling of what we created. Go ahead, David. Oh, that okay. <laughs> um, Michael. Hi, um, it was quite. It was hi, beautiful. Michael. It was. It was uh, 
I think what what you guys did, you took you took the gay out of gay love story, and you made it just a love story. And I don't think you could ever made it any more beautiful than you you did. Thank you, thank you. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, I, I think one of the things that I've been most um, pleased with, let me put it that way, is that you know, for decades, you know, as, as, as gay men, we, we, we tend, we, you know, we have watched movies and television shows and, you know, you sort of do that mental switching it out somehow in your mind, you know, to put yourself into the story. And, you know, what's really, what's really cool is that with this is that, it's speaking to everybody, you know, in the way that, you know, it's, it's speaking to everybody and it's, you know, that straight people, people of different ages, everybody is just experiencing it as a, you know, a love story that they get involved with. Mm. Um, and it was certainly a goal of ours in creating it. And, um, and, and, uh, and it's, it's really exciting to see, to be getting response that it, that it's doing that. And you're definitely getting responses. Like I was telling Kevin, you know, I was looking at the Amazon reviews and everybody. You have touched everybody in some way or another, and they all love it, and we're all rooting for season two, so get to it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. Good, good. We're so happy to hear that. Yes. Well, Michael, you're not new to writing, um, as a lot of people may know or may not know. You've written plays, musicals. You're an award-winning children's author, which I was very happy to see because I actually have been doing a children's show where I have the author come on and read their book for the kids and stuff. But it's been on hiatus, but that piqued me back into interest of maybe restarting that again and having you on. Um, I would love to. Um, Thank you. You know, I, I think you know, it, it's interesting. Because, I mean, I, I love writing for kids. Uh, it, it's interesting as a as a as a kid, I did not read children's literature. I uh, I was a really advanced reader, and very quickly, uh, it was a great source of pride to me that I was in third grade. I was reading grown-up books, um, but as an adult, I discovered children's literature and uh and good children's literature is, is you know is really amazing it's, it's something that um uh, historically has been devalued in in this country in a way that europe and 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 specifically and japan have always held children's literature in, in, with, in a really high honorific place and here it's always sort of that oh it's you know somebody writes children's literature because they're trying to figure out how to write adult stuff and it's um yeah. but I, I, it's it you know it's to me really it's it's all well i could get on a soapbox about how we how we do and don't value children in our society in america for yeah, reasons yeah. but i think that yeah. it's reflected in that and i think it's really important to write well for children and not to write down to them you know Right, exactly. Well, I want I want to say so. At the age of seven, you were reading War and Peace, and at well, the adult age that you are now, you're re- you're reading <laughs> Nanny Goes to the 
the store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's why I was a very old child and a very young, you know, older man. <laughs> well. <laughs> but, but oh, my so, gosh. You know, as long as you, you get know, to it, that's all that matters. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and, I, and I also think that, you know, that um, there's a, a wonderful uh, – a Milne quote that I paraphrased because I, I've lost the actual quote, but he said something to the effect of, you can't sit down to write a good children's story. You have to sit down to write a good story children will happen to enjoy. And mm-hmm. I think that's true in my writing. It's, you know, it's, I, 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 I don't sit down to say, oh, I'm going to write a this or a that. I'm, I, this is the story I want to write. And oh, it happens to be for that audience or this audience. Um, mm. yeah. in, in fact, when I, when I wrote the first children's novel, um, uh, I had, it was just a story I wanted, uh, that, was, you know, that I had wanted to write, and it was in my head. And um, after I wrote it, I gave it to a, a friend who gave it to a, a, a children's book agent and who said, Oh, you and you've so perfectly captured the uh, eight to twelve market, and I said, "Oh, it's the market," <laughs> because I, you know, I was just I was just writing the story I wanted to write, you know. Mm-hmm. My yeah, favorite yeah, author. I don't think people really do. I don't think any of the children's authors that I've spoken with have really sat down and thought about an age range. They yeah. write their story, and that's it. And wherever the market, you know, puts them in, that's where they end up. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the way it should be. You know, I mean, I think that mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I, that's how that's how you get interesting work. Uh, and it's you know, and and again, again, it's not unlike you know what what we were just talking about with with After Forever. That you know, it's Kevin and I sat down to create a, a series about about gay men who were fifty-ish, but it wasn't just specifically only write a story that would be interesting to 50-year-old gay men. It was, it was a, you know, to write this story, you know, and then to create this, this, this story. It's the same kind of thing. You know, you, you, you're, you follow the story. You follow the characters. Right. And then right. I think the audience figures out who, who, it, who the audience is. Exactly. Well, my my question to you on that is: so, how was writing for After Forever different from anything you've done before? Great question. You had to um, put up with me. Well, there was that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. But, no, um, I think the frankly the biggest thing was the form. Um, you know, when when Kevin and I decided we. were you know, what we were going to do was this short form. Um, um, I had written hour-long soap opera. I had written half-hour-long soap opera. I'd written plays. Um, I'd never written things that were essentially 10-minute, 11-minute episodes. And, and um, you know, as, as Kevin and I also talked about, you know, when, and in watching a lot of the web series that were out at the time we, we, we were first talking about this, some were quite good, but many felt like you were watching a scene. You know, it wasn't yeah. really an episode. It was 
oh, that was a scene. Okay, I get it. And tomorrow I'll watch the next scene. And and what was really important to us and was to figure out how do you create episodes that are short form and have an arc and 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 feel like feel fulfilling in the way of I've just watched an episode and yet that will you know also lead you to the next one. So I think that's what was really and, different was figuring out yeah. ten minute form. And so, Bob and was so actually, it was, you know, it was it, fluid. Well, I, I, yes, okay. I was going to say that soap operas, as we've seen them over the years and the hour longs and brought to you by, you know, they have, they repeat and they reinform and they constantly over and over and over again, give you all this exposition in case you didn't see any of it. And that's the oh, overriding yeah. that we don't need in any storytelling, if you're telling a story from point A to point B, and these stories go on and on and on and on for these year, however many years they're on. So it, it is a different writing, but it's, I think, I, I don't know, I just think the communication is if you have that, you have your story and you can tell it. And then we had to embrace that short form and take out things that were like, hmm, that's really, we don't need that, do we, Michael? Or we don't need. No, it was a lot about pairing. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was ruthlessly being willing to self-edit um, yeah. and what what is absolutely necessary in this episode to tell the arc of the story we're telling in this in this particular episode uh, and what is and more importantly what what isn't necessary and and you know sort of kind of like taking a novelist and saying okay you're going to write a, sh- a short story now and so pair all that wonderful Right. Evocative stuff that's all around your story, key, your 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 main story out, and get to the heart of it. And and we also yeah, have that this, can't be easy. That can't be easy for anybody. No, no, but but what also what we also found, you know, it, both in the writing and then in 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 when we were filming, uh, was that when you really I mean, yeah. trust your your yeah. act. Your actors, when you trust your your uh, your director and cinematographer, that suddenly two actors you know, will have a look between them, and suddenly yeah. you don't need the next three lines because that look said it. And if you um, and and recognizing that at the in the moment and making a note about it, so that when you go into editing, you can say, you know what, we don't need that. Or there were Kevin, there were how many? There were a, three or four flashbacks that we cut during right, stuff right. that we never shot, it, that it became clear right. we didn't, just watching the Need scene it. they were going to yeah. flashback, they were going to be flashbacked into, we realized, um, oh, you know what? We don't need it. <laughs> we don't need it. And I was just going to say, um, we had this incredible uh, director of photography, uh, Colleen Kwok, and she, I, I don't, still don't know where they found her. But she, um, she's just so smart. So Allison, and she did found, found her. Yes, yes. I think they'd worked together before, or anyway, Colleen would give you these extraordinary, very simplistic, gorgeous long shots, or we'd we'd pan from one side of the room to the other, and it's all gorgeous. And then we're like, 
get on with the story, get on with the story, get on with the story. You know, we'd be editing this, and we felt bad we'd take some of this gorgeous artwork out. But, but again, it was um, – if it didn't tell the story, it didn't belong. And um, by the time certain things were left in, you could go, oh, that's going to tell the audience this and this is happening, so let's take that out, you know. So, but, yeah, we cut quite a few things. Well, I have another question, but I'm going to hold off on my question and let Anthony go ahead. Actually, David, do your second question, and then, Anthony, you go after him. Okay. Let's see. Okay, Kevin and Michael. Um, Lenny Wolpe and Anita Gillette were outstanding mm-hmm. as supportive parents. Yeah. What yeah. qualities did each of you see in them? Did you hone in on? <laughs> in them, the actors? Yes. Um, oh, well, wow. I, I think, you know, the the characters are, I mean, on the page, the, 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 they were, they were written to be those that complicated and supportive and, you know, in some time, you know, to a certain point, tortured, but 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 incredibly supportive couple. Um, I I, um, I I I've known, peripherally known Anita, and been a huge fan of Anita's work forever. And mm. just when I, you know, I said to Kevin when when we were talking about casting, what about Anita Gillette? Um, because I just <laughs> knew that she would. Bring what she brought. There's that that what yeah. she brought. That that warmth. That incredibly honest warmth. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think Anita is is capable of having an a dishonest moment in her acting. Um, I, I, I and there are very few actors I, I would say that about. But I, she is. It's like she. It's like she constitutionally can't be dishonest. And yeah, and I knew. <laughs> that that would be there and that and there's a just incredible warmth that comes from her as a human being and um so that was Anita and then then Lenny can uh, Kev, I I was I mean again it was that Jameson. sort of feeling of god yeah. wouldn't wouldn't he be a great mm-hmm. and 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 I don't think either of us knew Lenny right I, we we no, Jameson, blindly Jameson. yeah Jameson uh, um, Stern had worked with him and Jameson plays one of the Pauls, and he said, "You should uh, let me call him for you." And that's how we got yeah, older. Yeah, we, we had we, his name had come up between us as a mm-hmm. ooh, that would be that would be somebody who would play really well with Anita and bring another mm-hmm. and bring that. Imagine the two of them married was was, was <clears throat> really spoke to the couple that we had created on paper. Uh, and then yeah. they did. I mean, I I, I really did. I I feel like they. Again, they just took what was there and ran with it, and took it to mm. places. There are there are moments between them that I just that they're just so rich and so full, and uh, places where there's not even a line with it. Just what right. they're sharing in looks just just is amazing for me. And I think, um, oh yeah, yeah. And Anita's surprising too at times. Like she's that's my theory saying it's five o'clock. Uh, I think also um, she's. <laughs> She's surprising. Uh, she surpri- surprises me watching her. On, she has these like 
moments where she's just, what are you talking about? You know, it's very, it's real. She's probably the most real on that stage, and she's just fantastic. Oh, I totally agree. Thank you, It was really an honor. I mean, we we had such a, I mean, you may have talked about this before I came on, but, I mean, we, we, it was such an honor to have the cast we have. Um, and, you know, sort of up and down the line. But they're really, you know, Anita and Lenny are really, you know, sort of the whipped cream on the, the Sunday. that. Yes. It's, it's... <laughs> yeah, I'm Anthony. I'm from Staten Island, by the way. Hello. Um, I want to just piggyback on something I said earlier. It, it definitely comes across as a passion project, and the casting was, was perfect. You told the story because the cast did their jobs phenomenally. There was so much unspoken that came through that pushed the story forward. Um, we were supposed to have two questions, but I actually have a third that's sort of so campy <laughs> that I'm the I'm the soapiest soap fan. I've been um, I've been watching for over thirty years. And um, Kevin, I wanted to ask yes, if there is a season two, and we're all praying that there is. Well, Michael already confirmed that, so your wish has come true. (laughs) Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. How about having Patrika on for a guest camp spot? I loved your chemistry together. Anything's possible. I mean, anything's possible. um, I'm sure she would be the first one to say, hey, have me on your show. Um, She just won another (laughs) Emmy um, for uh, uh, a web series. I love Patrika. I mean, we just... We just had a great time. So, yes, um, if, if there's something that's right for her, and I don't know, Michael, have we, have we finished outlining the entire second season yet? Um, Absolutely. Uh, it, it, so, I yeah. think. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I never say never. That's a, certainly, that's, no, no, I love Patrika <laughs> also. I mean, I, I wrote for I, days. I, I wrote for Patrika days. So I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the, that what was, was the other fun. thing I was going to say? The other one was, um, who asked is this? Oh, 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 um, call me Adam. Um, Adam Rosenberg? Rothenberg. Um, Rothenberg, yes. Um, so, Kevin, don't you think that Hugh Jackman could have a, a cameo on your show? <laughs> like everyone <laughs> in the person that you've worked with. As a, um, anything's possible. So um, maybe we'll have a scene between Patrika and Hugh. Yeah, and there you go. Um, <laughs> my first serious question, I was wondering, the supernatural aspects of the show. I don't want to give away too much. Um, but did either one of you bring anything personal into that? Or, you know, did it come about as of stories from friends? Um, it was done so well and so not over the top that I just wondered if, if you touched on anything real life. Sure. Do you want me to do that? Or do you want to do it? Well, um, I was just going to say and hand it to you, which was when Michael had told me about passing up his partner um, about two years prior to our meeting, I, I said, do you still talk to him? And he just nodded his head and said, of course, yeah. So that's not supernatural to me. That's just what happens. And, you know, the, life, the relationship doesn't end. And that's – take it away, Michael. <laughs> I no, I think know. I mean, you know, um, I, I I agree. I, it, it, it's interesting. I I also I don't I don't really 
for me, I don't think of it so much as supernatural. Right. But uh, it, it, um, I feel like just because somebody somebody is gone, it doesn't end the relationship. Kevin, has, Kevin, mm-hmm. I'm actually quoting Kevin on that. But um, <laughs> it's you know uh, what is supernatural is is the, that he you know we're we're putting him physically there, but it's eating salads. Yeah, I'm speaking from my own personal experience. I, I mean, there, I, you know, I, you know, it's, it's been, it's been five years since I, I lost my partner, but it, I, I will still, you know, sitting in the car today, turn and say, could you do something about this, this traffic, or, or, because, because this is, I need help here, or, you know, you know, or, you know, and or. Or you know, or or God, can you believe what you know what what's going on in my family this week? Um, you know, and oh, yeah. it's just they're sort of there, and, and I, you know, in talking to other people who've lost people, that 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 you know, whether it's a a a, a, a partner or a parent or a, or a child, that you know, that or a friend, um, you know, there's that, yeah, a lot of people talk, you know, still talk to to that person who's physically not in the room with them anymore. <laughs> so um I, I, and I, I think we have to take the, it. the short version is Sorry. the short answer is yeah I I guess that was uh, that that came from well uh, no I don't see him sitting in in the chair but I do talk to him. Right it was it wasn't about what was what's the rabbit um the Jimmy with the rabbit Harvey. Harvey. It's it's not Harvey. Oh, yeah. We're not doing Harvey here. But I think I think though uh, it's a tool that was easy to incorporate, and it wasn't constantly writing the scene like, oh, if Jason was here, I wonder what he'd say. You know, that's that's what people have always done in well, parties. The other, you know, the uh, other thing that the that the, the just the the, the um, conceit of it does, and it. It allows us to, because we're picking up the story at a, we're starting our story in real time at a point that someone has got, is gone. But that allows us, as we do the flashbacks, but it allows us to see them having a relationship. It allows us to see them how they were being a, a couple. Yeah. And in some ways in this season, we see them being almost an idealized version of what that what, what that couple is. I mean, I think it's a stage because that, you know it's it's a stage of grief that you initially only see for the for the most part are only seeing the good stuff, but right. you know but we're seeing who they were when they were good. Yeah, I agree. You, that's what you, anybody tends to remember is the good stuff over the bad stuff or any. Thing that you've yeah, gone and, through, other than that, and I think that it's an important step in grieving, which Brian is not at yet. At, you know, in one in the one year marker here, is that then, uh, you know, I know it was certainly important for me was to then start to remember the things that weren't great, mm-hmm. because otherwise it's very hard to move forward. Otherwise, exactly, the person winds up becoming this superhuman, you know, down from Olympus and nobody you meet is going to be able to come up, you know, 
measure up to the idealized version of the person that isn't here. Um, and I 100%. think that that's another stage, yep. you know, the yeah. next stage. And you yeah. just answered my second question, actually. That was the theme of my second question. Um, in season two, are you going to address that? Uh, is there, yeah, at that exactly. point, I didn't know for sure there would be a season two. Yes, that uh, I, I'm jumping in saying yes, that would be something that will be something to to address. And Patricia Darbo will be the one addressing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't here earlier. As a, as a gay man, I just want to thank you for putting together something that I actually I actually see myself in. I actually see people oh, I know you. in. Um, you know, I, I said earlier that in, movies have come have come a long way, but the, the small screen is still desperately trying to catch up. And, and this web series is something that everybody should look at who wants to write a, a, a story focusing on two gay main characters. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the, yeah. I, I, you may have said this before I, I, I came on, but, you know, the thing that when Kevin and I first ran into each other uh, at the gym and, and – you know, agreed that we would talk about about maybe doing doing writing some working on something, creating something. You know, and and the thing that intrigued me was Kevin said, "I want to do, I want it to be a series about a gay man or gay men who are my age, who are grown ups." Yeah. And yeah. that was, you know, I mean, that was my "you had me at hello" moment. You know, that was <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this is something I want to talk about um, because that's important to me. And, and for, for those reasons, of I want to see people um, – I, I, it, it's time we saw stories about people who, you know, are, are, are not in the – who are not 20 and who are not, you know – I, I, not, not, not that I don't, I, I'm happy to see stories about 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds, but there's a whole world that we then inhabit beyond that, and it's really important culturally, I think, and so, you know, sociologically that even young people get to see 50-year-old men presented right. <laughs> you know, that, and, that, and Anthony, as role models. Yeah. And you said something, Anthony, that you know it made you, I, I, it made you proud, or it, it, I don't know how you, you you said you felt like you could fit in to this crowd. Um, I have to just honestly say, I never felt that as an actor or as a person until I really got to jump in with this with Michael because this was, you know, my world is so defined by you have to be a certain way, you you have to be not this way, you have to be something else, and that was always so confronting because I didn't always like what I saw out in the world of the gay culture. But yeah, Michael and I definitely, uh, the temperature we took on that was like, well, we're just going to be, and there's, I, I have thanked him over and over and I will thank him again. Now there are some things that he has written for not just my character, but for other characters. And I go, Oh my God, that's so perfect. That's exactly right. And you just get to go and walk on stage and do it. You know, and uh, present it. So, thank you, Michael. Um, but you're welcome. Um, but yeah, but I think it's you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's as I have gotten older, I find that my writing 
and whatever I'm working on has gotten, I, it's always been personal, but it's gotten more and more personal um, and not necessarily autobiographical and personal, but just, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's deep Important. in it yeah. is what you is, care about. You know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and things that, you know, and learning to, learning to make statements, I mean, I think there are huge statements being made by this in this piece, um, politically, Absolutely. quite frankly, in this in you know mm-hmm. America in, in 2018. Um, but they're not they're not standing on a soapbox and making this. <laughs> they're they're, they're <laughs> statements that are just by virtue of the storytelling that are being made, and um, and I'm really proud of that. Um, I've always been a huge proponent of I love gay pride and all that, but we don't need to. We don't need to scream. We need to live by example. And um, this series was was perfectly that. Living good, living honestly, rather than screaming for acceptance. I think there was a time we needed to, we absolutely needed to scream because we were invisible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We should know the history. We absolutely. needed to, and, and I think that's important um, historically for especially for um, I, I I don't pardon I I don't know how old you are what decade you're in but um, you know especially 41. for young people to know that that it wasn't it wasn't always what we have now and there's certainly a place you know we still have room to go but but you know there it's it's very easy to not you know it, it's very easy to be a a a, a gay <gasps> teenager or, or, you know, or, or, or 20 something right now and not necessarily understand that there was, you know, what it was to, what a statement it would have been to be as out as somebody is today, 30 years ago or 50 years ago. I, I, you know, I, I, I I live in New York city and you'd be amazed at how many 20 somethings have no idea what Stonewall is or was. Oh, isn't right. that the bar? Yes, it's the bar, uh, but it's the bar that made all the rest of the bars okay for you. Right, exactly, and and, and it's also you know it's it's interesting because I I look at well let me back to the other way. Um, years ago, had we had neighbors who were an uh, older, much older gay couple who had been together forever, and. Uh, they lived. They each had had their friends at work, but their friends at work did not know that either of them were gay, and did not know about hmm. the other. They were never invited to their home, and then they had their gay friends, who knew them as a couple, and they would look at my partner and I, and just they were just sort of, their minds were just sort of blown. And we were at the time, um, I guess in our our late twenties, maybe early thirties. And say they would look at us and just go, "Oh my God, how can I can't even imagine being out the way you guys are?" And it's just, it's just so not generationally what I, we could have ever done. done. Mm-hmm. And then I fast forward to here and I look at the, you know, the 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 middle school kids and high school <laughs> kids who are fully, you know, who are fully out in a way that I, you know, came out, you know, college post just post college, and. And I look at them and I go, oh, my God, I can't imagine what it would be like to be 15 and dating appropriately with someone who I was truly attracted to. And 
look where we've come from, you know, look where we've come. And, you know, and then I sort of feel like those, that old couple who, you know, looked at me that way. But, <laughs> but it also, the, the, the thing that, that that all carries with it is we need history books. <laughs> we need, we need to be aware that we, it wasn't mm-hmm. always, that it, yeah. you know, how brave, I mean, I, I, I forever think about how this, this older couple, how brave they were in their day mm-hmm. that they were just even living together the way they were back pre Stonewall. I mean, they were together pre Stonewall. Wow. You know, and, oh. and, you know, that's, you know, that, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And love is love is love is love. And that's sort of where we're coming to. I think it's, it is a different time. I, I, I I mean, I have it's such a different time. I have a play that deals with marriage, and uh, it, it premiered in, in, in at a regional theater in the Midwest. And at a performance where I did a, there was a talk back with me as the as the playwright. The uh, afterwards, this we were in Trump. I mean, it wasn't this particular city wasn't Trump country, but it was mid, you know it was it was Midwest. And this man came over to me who looked like what I would stereotypically say was a Trump supporter and said to me, you know, gay people have all the same issues in marriage that we do. I never thought about oh, that before. I never thought about that before. And I thought, and I, you know, and I stopped and I, and I caught myself about to say something mildly sarcastic. And I went, this is an epiphany moment for this man. Don't yeah. belittle it for him. You know, yeah. this was, he suddenly realized we're all alike. And he got it. And so it was kind of like, you know what? Yeah. I, so I said, you're right. We have a lot more in common than we have, you know. We are more alike, my apart. friends, than we are unalike. You should be so proud of yourself. I have a feeling <laughs> this show is going to be something that people, I know I'm doing it, are bringing to people in their lives to sort of say, this is, oh. this is what it's really like. This is, what, oh. this is what it really feels like, just like you. Mm. Um, That's beautiful. I, I did lose someone in my 20s, and it, it's... Sorry. That's, really, that's very young to have to lose someone. I woke up. We fought the night before. I woke up that morning, and I was oh. an idiot. I did not apologize. And she was in a car accident at 8.30 that night. Oh. Um, and, um, you know, everybody at that time, I'm 41 now. Everybody at that time hmm. sort of disdained. They knew I was hurt. They knew, you know, but they dismissed it. They didn't understand that that was – I. I now know we might not have grown together, but at that point we were going to spend our lives together. That mm-hmm. was yeah. happily ever after. And no one took it as though I lost, we weren't married at that time. There was no marriage. I didn't lose my right. husband, but I lost, I lost the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Sure. But because I was gay, it was poo-pooed Dismissed. slightly. Yeah. But just that slight hurt so deep. And Hmm. This I can take to members of of my family and say this is what it felt like, um, right. or or close to what it felt like. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm a well, Italian. It's interesting. It's, I, I, um, I mean, I, 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 I'm outside of an, a very early blip <laughs> when I came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my parents have been wonderfully supportive of me, you know, my whole life. Um, I've been very lucky in that. Other than, as I said, there was a there was a blip when I when there was a, a moment, a period of adjustment to it was the way the plans that had been being made since I was since I was you know in utero were not going to be the ones that we were going to live. Um, but <laughs> you know it and it you know and you know what and in hindsight it was you know what whether that was right whether it's right to be making those plans for your unborn. Fetus. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a whole other story, but that, that's what that's what that's what expected mothers. But they did, <laughs> and yeah. um, but anyway, um, point being is that I I I I lost my dad a few months ago, um, and and it I'm sorry. I mean, it, it was I'm sorry. Uh, thanks. I mean, I mean, he was almost ninety five. It was not, you know. It's sad, but it's not tragic. You know, it, you know. I mean, it was sort of like, well, he lived to be ninety-five. He did everything he wanted to do in his life. Uh, it, it was a great life. But my mom, who is now at eighty-eight, you know, a widow, um, turned to me right afterward and said, "You hmm. understand what I'm going through in a wow. way nobody else does." And I said, you're right, I do, moms. And we can talk about that. And, you know, it's, you know, there is, it is, it's that connection. She said, you lost, you lost your husband. I've lost my husband. I said, yeah, I said, I said, I can't pretend to know what it's like to have been with somebody for over 60 years. (laughs) Because we didn't have that. But, yeah, I know what it is. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's been a sort of interesting Seeing my mom, you know, yeah, on a whole other level, except you know, uh, seeing well, what we've been talking about—that we are more, you know, we are all alike. We experience, you know, and when we experience lo- losses, love is love, and loss is loss. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, 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 uh, you guys should be so proud. You really, you really achieved it. Thank you. And thank you for bringing it to other people. Yes. My two, yes, yes, my yes. two co-hosts. Oh, yes. I didn't catch. Oh no, no, no! I mean, he he he's been saying that he's he, bringing he was this saying, to yeah. other people to show them what this what life is like, what it's about. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And 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 so I, I I'm <clears> just thanking you, Anthony, for for bringing it to. However many other we've people hired him now. Introducing we've to we've it. hired him as a, P, a PR. He's a PR person now, Anthony. Unofficially, yes. excuse me. I'm. I'm. I didn't just fall off the train. I've been. I've been promoting. Give I'm me some teasing. kudos here. And to oh, you no. too. And thank you for having You're us. He off. Pam. Pam. And where can we learn more about Pam? Where can we learn more about After Forever? On. <laughs> Take two radio. On Amazon Prime, on Take Two Radio's <laughs> website, on Twitter, on Facebook, on the After Forever um, website. Um, I can See, go on. You write the, the series you gotta, com. Right, right. Yeah. You've got to write it down for me in a little speech to memorize it. 
Uh, yeah. Again. So, um, <laughs> thank you so much. Well, for I just had one that. last question for you guys, and then we'll sure. let you go because we know that time is time running money. low here. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> um, what was your favorite scene or made the most impact on you? And that goes to both of you. Go so first, Kevin. I don't know. I want to think about um, it a second. Unless you want to think about it. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 um, there, there, I mean, all of these scenes are our children. I mean, there, there are apples and oranges, and there, there, there's so many. I mean, there's group scenes that are so fun. I, I knew from, from the moment we did that scene around the table in the opening episode, it was we were, we were sailing with you know the dinner party and the cake, and that was magic. That was just magic. Um, but I, you know, I was, I was, I was with Mitchell, and Mitchell and I. I knew from the beginning that Mitchell was the right person to do this role. I'd asked Michael if he knew his work, and I just knew that if he would come to the set, and he did, he just he just opened his heart. And I saw him do things that I don't know if he knew how aware he was doing them, but he was so good and so in this role. And then I watched Michael walk off the set because he was touched. And those are the Aww. things that I remember. I love that, Michael. Your turn. Um, for me, the um, the scene that I—it's I, I, the scene between um, Jason and uh, Lisa. Katie. Yeah. Uh, it's the flashback—the flashback scene when she, uh, she's about to sing, <laughs> and we flash back to the day that he told his best old, oldest friend. The, that he had had this diagnosis. Um, there's so, uh, in that, I, 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 as difficult a scene as it is for me to watch, it's uh, there's there are so many levels. The the love, the love between them. Yeah. The there's um, and it's what and not only what's on the page, but what, what, they, what these History. two actors did. With, um, when when there's a when Katie as as Lisa. Uh, all of a sudden, it, it, uh, clearly having a a brand new thought for herself says, "Have you told your parents yet?" It's you see the world of this ca- the, her character, who is also a mother, thinking. Oh, you can uh-huh. you can just see all the wheels turning all the time between the two with these two people, and all of the levels of a friendship that has that long predates the the relationship between Brian and Jason and that I I, that's why I love the scene it's just so it's just so rich it's also they jumped into it too they didn't really know each other then I think it was their first day of filming actually together and um, no what oh maybe we we hadn't done the dinner party yet we had not done yeah I think I think that night we were doing the dinner party but that day we had done that scene and they just they went for it, and um, it, it is. It's. I, I have to agree, Michael. It's. It's. The, it's one of the centerpieces of the show, and it's so beautiful. And it's funny, and it's heartwarming, and it's touching too. So yeah. it's, it's. It's got everything in it. I, I think it. And let me just add to that, the, Katie. Katie singing 
Oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, I mean, really, I mean, mm-hmm. could 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 we ask for more than what she does with that song? I mean. <laughs> I'm telling you, she has a voice. Oh my gosh! And I even I even tweeted to her about that. I mean, she just has mm. a beautiful, beautiful voice. All the all the emotions coming through. It just, I mean, it brings tears to your eyes just listening to her sing the song alone. Yeah. 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 And she, and she did something really lovely too. Um, you know, we were moving very fast in all days and all scenes. We did the whole shoot in twelve days. Um, and uh, you know, they always cover the singer, and then they move on, and then they turn the camera around and. Uh, we didn't do a pre-recording of her singing, so she sang it live, which I'm always a huge fan of. Well, we were. It, it feels right. We yeah, were both and, and it feels right. It just feels right. It feels right. And and then um, she was dismissed to go to the next set, and uh, I, I had asked our director. I said I thought we were going to turn around, and she was going to sing live, so I could utilize that live. And she goes, "Oh, I'll stay." Ah. <laughs> I was I wasn't I wasn't asking her too. I just thought that she was she's she's a, she's quite uh, she's quite the spirit. She really is. So. That's what I know. I can't wait for season two. And I think <laughs> there are thousands of people out there feeling the same way. Cool. <laughs> yep, that's it. I'm Let's get it going. All right, guys. Well, we're going to let you go, and we want to thank you Dang. so much for joining us. And Michael, it was such a pleasure meeting you. It was lovely to meet you, and I, again, I thank you for uh, getting me in late. <laughs> oh, okay, not a problem. <laughs> okay. You have a hall pass. Bye, gang. Yeah. <laughs> have a great week. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. Have a good night, everybody. You too. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. Okay, so we are down to 28 minutes, so I don't think that we're going to be able to, you know, recap all the soaps. And I'm I'm so mad here. I was, you know, doing a multitask kind of thing of trying to recover my notes that I made for the soaps. Um, and unfortunately, it's not showing me. It's showing me to recover on my Word documents, you know, like stuff that I did today, but I did those notes today, and I can't figure out where they went. So we'll just wing it, and um, we might only be able to cover a couple of soaps today, and then we'll just have to wait until the next show, although the next show we're going to have guests as well. So we can only do – oh, wait, no – so that would be June. Yeah, June is the next show that we'll have guests. And I'm not going to say who they are yet because I know of one confirmed, but there could be possibly another one or maybe two more. I don't know. We'll find out. Even Anthony and Carolyn and um, Candace don't know. David doesn't even know. I mean, so I, it's. Oh, I don't, know I don't let out. I don't let out everything until I, everything's confirmed because I've done that before. I've said, "Hey guys, guess what? So and so agreed to be on the show," but then they never confirm or follow through with an email or something. And I'm, 
I, I don't want to do that anymore because it's not only heartbreaking for me, but it's heartbreaking for the rest of you guys too, especially when we're yeah. looking forward to it. So yeah. um, let's go real quick with B&B. I don't have a ton of stuff to say about that from what I remember of There's my not, notes. That There's not I'm, really enough I'm, to say about B&B. Uh, right. <laughs> what I want to say is that I'm I'm highly disappointed that Hope jumped on that train and accepted that engagement knowing that she was second choice in this particular situation. Yeah, you know, I always said three or four years ago that B&B wrote true to their characters. When someone was gone for a while and came back, they were pretty true with the returning character, even if it was a recast. Um, Not so much anymore. Ridge has completely changed. Um, Thorn has completely changed. And now Hope is not completely changed, but that's not the Hope that left. She's, she has no strength in her whatsoever. She has no self-esteem as far as I'm concerned. Because how could she not know, unless she's that blinded by love is the only thing I can come up with, that she's a rebound. And that rebounds... I would say 99% of the time are not going to last. Even yeah. though even though Liam admits that she isn't. Yeah, but he admits that while he's still sitting there daydreaming about staffing. I mean, he did it again today. And we really have to take a look at the history. You know, they, they flip-flop back and forth. Steffi got in the middle of them. You know, then there right. was the whole Wyatt debacle, and then she was gone. You know, right? There, so for her to be gone for two years, you're saying she had an unabiding and has been waiting for the moment that there was going to be a crash? Holding on to the ring because someday she was going to get it back on her finger. Please. It's just not believable. It, it's, and it, no. it's it's justifying a triangle that they desperately want to work. And the, the viewers are not happy. They're not happy. Some working. things are not working. Although on some B&B boards, I, there, are, there are Liam and Hope supporters. And well, of course there's always going to be Liam fans. But if they, look, if they look at it in reality, you know, even from a soap view, I mean, that just, to me, I don't know. It may be I always I just don't think it works. Be together, but not in ten minutes, and not five minutes mm-hmm. after. You know, he told Steffi, "I can't trust you." Right. There, there needs, there needs to be some supposition between Steffi. I can't be with you. Hope you marry me. Exactly. Um, exactly. I'm now, if if he would have said to Hope. You know, okay, it's over between me and Stephanie, and I know that we love each other, but let's take this slow and, and you know, see where it goes and or build on it or something. That would have made more sense. Yeah, the Liam of, of three years ago would have said, let me make you fall in love with me again. Mm-hmm, let exactly. Let me date you the way you should have been dated back then. Not will right. you marry me. It's it just none of it right. makes sense, and it's... Very disappointing. It's exactly. I'm very disappointed in Hunter Tylo's return. Um, they made You're a character out of. I'm very disappointed. They made a character oh. out of her. 
Yeah, I mean, I since when hoping... is she this breaking apart, falling down wacko that just picks up a gun and shoots um, Bill? I, I, it just, to me, I don't get all that either. I was hoping that she'd have a little more power than when they brought Sheila back. Yeah, so was I. So was I. I think we should move. I mean, right I'm along. glad she's back on. I just wish that it wasn't they the way it more. was. They Absolutely. do better for her. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, even I wouldn't even mind her getting back into the mix with uh, with Brooke and Ridge. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, if you want to try and go bring that one back. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, one more thing bothers me with Golden Beautiful. They're very good at talking about characters that aren't on Kansas. And yet, they really never, ever, ever mention Phoebe. And that bothers me. I know. I know. That's her twin sister. At the wedding, there should have been at least one mention. Something. They had Stephanie talking to Brooke. They could have had Phoebe talk, you know, like it, it just. They could have Phoebe talking to. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the other, the other thing I wanted to bring up, I'm trying to picture in my head my notes, um, was I love Wyatt and Katie together, but I Absolutely. also see the chemist. I I also see the chemistry. Between her and Thorn, what do you guys think? Either way, um, I wish they would play it out because I'd love to see it more. Mm-hmm. Both sides. They got a powerhouse like Ingo to come in, and they're doing nothing with it. Um, yeah, they need to play that out a little bit more. But I absolutely love, love, love White and Katie. And when they started role-playing, I, I just thought that was so fresh and so cute, and it completely yep. solidified the couple for me. Yep. I, I totally agree. I love how their relationship happened because it was just a kind of fling thing, and then they fell in love. So right. I love it how that so came real. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I don't want to see them break up, but if they're going to have a little, give us a little bit of a storyline that Thorne is interested in Katie, then go for it. Don't just tease us, because what sense does that make? The, and the other thing I don't like either is that he was gung-ho to get Brooke, and now Brooke's gone, so okay, let's get Katie. Like two seconds later, when he's supposedly so in love with Brooke for all these years. Yeah, you know, bold and that's the bold and the beautiful standard for the last five years, too. Look at Thorne and Katie. Look at Brooke and, and everyone. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, Quinn has is, Quinn is been in love and in love two days later with someone else. It's, it's, right. They're very unbelievable with the way they set up the triangles. They're very unbelievable with the way they set up most relationships. That's why that's why Katie and Wyatt came across so fresh and so believable. Right. Because it, was, right. it was up against all this, you know, and this, there are, there's a huge faction of fans out there that actually are rooting for Steffi and Bill. Um, I like their chemistry. I don't want them together. I do, couple. too. 
but I do mm-hmm. like their chemistry. But it's so mm-hmm. unbelievable that they could find something without without you know Liam leaving her in pregnancy crisis or or something where you know he was there for her in in a huge way and not holding blackmail over her mother. Otherwise, it's just not believable. Right. Right. Totally, totally agree. All right, so now we're down to, what, 20 minutes. Um, you, do you have anything else on Bold and the Beautiful you want to say? Because I'm pretty much done right there. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, just in case Bold and Beautiful powers that be are actually listening to this, you, you, need, to, you need to sweep the canvas more. Stop touting like Rick and Maya for a day just to pop them in. You need to have more broad, more broad canvas stories. Right. People are really getting exactly. tired of the, the triangle and the triangle alone. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's it. I agree. Okay. So next up, we'll do Y and R. I'm devastated, like we mentioned last time about Jack possibly not being John's son, but it's supposedly confirmed by this DNA test that was done by a friend yeah. of Ashley's. But I still have this strong feeling that that DNA test is not right. How many are? Exactly. (laughs) I I think I uh, I like what Neil told Jack today. He says, remember, she can't hurt you anymore. And go on with the rest of your life proud to be John Abbott's son regardless if it was DNA or not because that's what who you right. were and that's who you are right right yeah that was and I think it would throat. be a big just I'm sorry I, I just thought it would be a big huge disservice to John Abbott's memory and all that the fans know to have Jack not be his son as bad as it was to have Days kill off Will. That's how I feel. That's how strongly I feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was shoved down our throats for years that no matter what, mm-hmm. Ashley was John Abbott's son. So for that not to be everyone's standpoint with Jack is, is, a, is a semi-ball drop for the Young and the Restless as well. Right, right. And I would love to have seen a full version of the Dina movie. (laughs) But unfortunately, with this mess that happened, and, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they figured out Kyle is part of this because Kyle has been yapping in their ears, you know, that he wants to be a part of the family, blah, 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 yet he meets Victor out in the open and is talking to him about being part of of Newman and that. So how could they not figure out that Kyle is the one that did it? You know what I mean? And all the other things that came about that showed Kyle did it. And I want to know how it got in there in the first place. Because I I can't really figure it out. Did Victor? You think it was Victor? It was Victor, or was Victor using Kyle's evidence? What else would it be? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it had to because be probably when he came, right before he entered the theater. I'm sure he had somebody switch the the whatever they were using, a disc or whatever, you know, and to put his own there. Or well, didn't they say that the the person that was doing the video, um, you know, showing the video, was a friend of somebody's? It was all um, had to do with uh, Lillian. Lillian King's son. Yeah, I think so. Charlie. Sorry, yeah, but they you. mentioned they but they mentioned somebody was a friend of a friend. Oh, in the in the So in, maybe in the that theater. friend of a friend yeah. somehow I don't know. I'm trying to think of what mm-hmm. I watched, but it was it was too um too obvious, you know, how this came about. And I think it kind of ruined Dina's Alzheimer's story. People are saying that. Yeah, people are saying it. I don't think that it ruined her story. I think it was. I think it's just life happens. Yeah, I think it was a it was a bad choice. Um, however, in Alzheimer's, there are a lot of moments that are cringeworthy and bad choices. Um. So I don't think it ruined the story, but well, I don't mean it. Re- it ruined the whole storyline. I just think it just kind of ruined that moment. But you know, because it would have been kind of nice to show Dina's story, and and this way, people in real life, I'm sure they've done that. And if they haven't, it gave them an idea. Of, well, let's do this. You know, so before we lose all of dad's or mom's memories or whoever. You know, I just think it would have been a nice nod to it. Yeah, but you know what? I think that, you know, uh, Jill, and, Jill and John, you know, Smith out in Iowa sitting down with their mom might find out that she had an affair in her 20s before Jill, yeah. Jill was ever born. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, but that's going to <laughs> if that's going to happen, she, this person is going to say it anyhow. It just isn't going to be on videotape. <laughs> sure. I, I do think that the end game is going to be that there's going to be a touching death um, and that there is going to be, you know, a, a couple of weeks of Dina dying um, and Dina, you know, or spiraling to the point where she has to be institutionalized. Um, right. And I think I think that they're – pulling back on the focus of Dina so that they can draw it out a little bit and get through this mess of a storyline that they've created before. And they need, they're going to need that, that arc to bring the Abbots back together. Maybe minus Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to throw punch him. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do. Um, and I have to say, you know, the whole who killed, not who killed, the whole JT got killed um, storyline is really annoying the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, is Sharon going to crack? Is, you know, Phyllis is, Phyllis is Phyllis, but not Phyllis. Um, it, the, the whole storyline is just not working well. No, um, because it doesn't seem like there's a good way to end the storyline. I think we're going to be disappointed no matter how they end it. They yeah. they ramped up telling this story. I don't know if to compete with Days or I you know it seems to me it's to compete with Days. 
and, and they really dropped the ball again. This was not done well on any uh, on any platform. You know, the, the supporters are saying, okay, but JT was the perfect character because you never know behind the smiling facade. But there was That's nothing true. in his history that there was nothing that would make uh, make this believable. Um, and then well, the actually, that part actually that part I'm just going to disagree with you because I was in an abusive re- relationship for two and a half years. If I didn't tell anybody, like the majority of the people in my life did not know, but I did. You know, my mom knew, of course, because I would tell my mom everything. But if I didn't even tell her, and the people that didn't know were just as shocked to learn that I was in an abusive relationship for two and a half years. So do you think he was that abusing I believe Colleen? Because, pardon? You think he was abusing Colleen? No. I don't know if he was abu- abusing her. I mean, it's always a possibility because people that abuse people don't usually start out as a nice person. There's always that in the background. He may abuse have abused her um, behind the scenes that we don't know of as far as uh, vocally, emotionally, you know. He might have done it that way, like he was doing with Mac, because he never hit Mac. Never but you see him. how it evolves. It evolves. Yeah, but if they don't saw, just start out as a hitter, they evolve. When we evolve. saw him and Mac... We saw, we saw happily ever after. We saw true love. Yeah, when they left, you know, too. they were prince and princess. This is, you know, this is a soap opera. They get to rewrite history. Absolutely, it's done every day on every show. But you know, that that would sort of be like it would be more believable if Victor was slapping around Nikki than JT. You know, that's almost like, you know, that's almost like. Um, uh, you know, these are all us, the two. Julian, what, what's Julie's husband? If we suddenly found out all these years he's been, you know, emotionally and physically abusing her, it's just not in the character that we knew before he left. That's true. It was such an innocent between JT and Colleen. It was an innocent love story. And even with Mac, it was, when they got it was together. Prince and Princess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe you just have to go through it to understand what I'm trying to say. And I, and no, like I, I said, they don't mean, they don't like, they don't they don't start out like I said as hitters. You know, it evolves. Yeah. You know, it starts with one time getting in a fight and calling her a name. We don't know what kind of arguments. Nobody is has a hundred percent love relationship without an argument of some type and by calling her a name that's abuse so he he just evolved relationship to relationship to getting worse yeah so that's my that was my only thing i wanted to say about that but yeah they need to work on that we're down to seven minutes um the other thing i wanted to talk about was hillary and uh, Devon, does Devon have a working brain that uses common sense? I don't think so. He's hopping into that hot plate again with Hillary getting pregnant. Yeah, when they took that thing off his head, I think they they, they touched a part of his brain and, and fried it a little bit. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just can't with that. I'm like, hello. Didn't you just go through a bunch of crap with her and her jealousy and regretting signing that thing for her to get pregnant? I mean, I know, come on. I'm like, I'm like, man, make up your mind. Oh One my minute, gosh. she's like a, he's like a yo-yo. That's too funny. Yeah, she's the Nell. She's the Nell of YNR. They really can't. Oh yeah. They can't truly. They can't truly give her a mold. Um, and, and it's it's believable. It's more believable than Nell, thank God. But it's it's mm-hmm. annoying. Yeah, it's very annoying. Um, but when he did that scene with Abby today, I oh, loved I got it. The heat. Yes. Right? Exactly. They crossed that now, wall like three times. Three exactly. times they cheesed us with, with Devon and Ash and Abby. And that would be such a hot couple. Yep. He's I so, totally agree. He's doofy hot and she's doofy cute. It's it, they right. would be perfect. Right. And especially more so than that girl he's dating now. I, I don't see any chemistry between them whatsoever. No one did. That's why she's gone. Gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I need. I, they need to move on to Devon and Abby. Although I think that he's going to end up back with Hillary. Yep. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad. So, but all right. Pamela. On a happier note. On a happier note. I just want to say I'm glad Kristoff is back on camera. I was going to say the same Absolutely. thing. Yes, I think we're all super excited to have Kristoff back. I'm thrilled to death. I just absolutely love him. He brings so much to the show, and um, we just wish him the best that life has to offer. And he's always in our prayers. So, a short version of GH. You mentioned Nell. I want to throw a punch her still. Um, She's still bringing it as far as acting, just like Kyle is on YNR, because otherwise we wouldn't hate them as much. But what she's doing to Carly is driving me up a wall. Yeah. Someone's got to kick her. Yeah. And and I, I... I really cringe at what she's doing to Ava, too. Now, I'm a big yeah. Ava fan. Everyone knows that yeah. now. However, when you only have one ally, man, he is crazy. Is that poop crazy as you are? Even the craziest people know, don't throw your ally under the bus. Right. Um, exactly. And that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah. She she blackmailed her into everything tonight or today I should say. And you know, and on the secondary note, you know, this is a drone. She killed Connie. You know, mm-hmm. she just blackmailed Sonny for, you know, joint custody. Now you might think you cool. You might think you got big britches, but yeah. Um, <laughs> she's going to find out the hard way when she's coming up against Ava and Carly, that's for sure. Yeah. 
she's going to find out the hard way. Unfortunately, I saw something where Carly ends up in jail, but that's not going to last long, and she'll get her comeuppance. And, and, and well, you know, Nell's going to accuse her of pushing her down the stairs. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't read spoilers, so <laughs> thank you for that, Anthony. Um, unfortunately, we're at the two-minute mark, so we're going to have to continue this next show. We'll get more into it, and hopefully by that time I'll be caught up with days. But I just wanted to mention, and this is going to be news to Anthony as well, <laughs> I got an email today. Take Two Radio in 72 hours will be part of iHeartRadio. Nice. Congratulations. Isn't that awesome? That is really awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I submitted, and I totally forgot about it and got an email today, and I was like, what? Wait, what am I reading? So, yeah, we'll be on iHeartRadio. Now, don't ask me how it works because I have no clue. I don't know if people will have access to previous episodes or if it's going to be the episodes coming up after the 72 hours, I know nothing. That's all they tell you is congratulations, you were accepted in 72 hours. You'll be able to find it on iHeartRadio.com or um, the apps for iPhone and uh, Android. Well, then we will start promoting the heck out of that online. Definitely, definitely. So, May 24th. um, I'm... May 24th, is that, what do you mean? Our next show. That's our next show. Oh, oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah. I think Anthony was saying something different. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying let's pro- we'll start promoting the heck out of Go Find Us on our iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah, in 72 hours, which is three days, so on May 13th. But don't promote it until we can look and see and we find the show on there. But uh, right. if not, if not on the thirteenth, pro- I would say ninety-nine percent that it would be on the fourteenth. So, anyways, that's it. We're down to seconds now. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. It was great talking I to Michael Slade and Kevin Spiritus, and all your questions for them. And uh, we'll see you next time, May twenty-fourth, like David said, at seven p.m. Eastern time. Join us. Good night, guys. Take care. Good night. Watching all the soaps, guys. Good night.